0: This is the All Pro Wrestling 100 podcast for December 8th, 2020. I'm your host, JB. This podcast is all pro wrestling and only pro wrestling. Tonight we've got the WWE Raw in-depth recap and review, so let's get right to it. Kicking it off with Randy Orton. He says he wants to go to the fun house. Last guy to go there burned it down, and then next week it just mysteriously reappeared. At TLC, we're going to have Randy Orton versus The Fiend, but tonight, haha, This battle of psychology leads to Randy Orton challenging Bray Wyatt Rogers' Neighborhood. I love it when Bray comes out doing the Mr. Rogers gimmick and has a match. So that's our main event. We're going to kick off our first match here with a Raw Women's title non-title, because that's a terrible idea. Another non-title match. This one's Asuka versus Shayna Baszler. This should be a main event, and it should be for a title, but it's not. Uh, You know, the WWE has given up on any logic involving the entrance order. Asuka comes out as the champion in a non-title match and stands around posing through an entire commercial break and then an interview with Shayna Baszler before Shayna comes out, who's never been champion, mind you. Asuka, one of the top characters in women's wrestling in the last five years, coming out first and standing around like a fool. It's one of the many things, little things that leads to an overall inferior wrestling product that Vince just seems to have overlooked or stopped caring about. Now, outside the ring, Nia and Lana battle it out, and Lana actually gets the better of Nia, and Shayna can't believe it because Lana's went through so many tables that that this is just shocking, and so Asuka, you guessed it, roll-up pin. It's another roll-up, folks. Another roll-up. You know, a roll-up is supposed to be a surprise pin. In the Pat Patterson Book of Finishes, you got your surprise pin section. That's that's the roll-up. When you guys do two roll-up pins on every program every week, that's not a surprise anymore. No one is surprised. So, yet another little thing making an inferior product. I just dislike watching Raw. Raw was good two weeks ago. It was the first time I've enjoyed watching Raw in months, and here we go again. Third match intergender tag team throwaway match where Ricochet and Dana Brooke go over on Slapjack, who uh, has no identity, and Jade, or Reckoning, who has no identity, so that we can tell a storyline about how Mustafa, the new pronunciation of Mustafa Ali, get the Ali out, Mustafa is unhappy with all of his recruits for this failed stable. So in other words, Ricochet and Dana Brooke are facilitating a storyline about enhancement talent. Jobbers. Terrible. Not a fan of this at all. Okay, next, Ms and Morrison TV... They have AJ Styles on with his bodyguard. It's going to be AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre in a TLC match at the TLC pay-per-view because there's nothing more redundant than TLC matches at TLC. You know, a TLC match used to be like a really big deal in a pay-per-view. Now we have a pay-per-view full of the gimmick. Last year I was fine with it, but it's a new year now. I think the TLC match should go back to being a match that you have between certain people to accentuate their feud. Maybe not something you force three or four of a year. I don't know, but Miz and Morrison impersonate Drew and Sheamus, fella. And then Drew McIntyre takes it up a notch and makes it harder to impersonate them next week by coming out in a skirt. That's right. Your uh, world champion wears a skirt on television. That's going to promote a match between them and maybe a coming out party for Sheamus and Drew because, you know, Sheamus has been chasing Drew for a while now. He had the Thirsty T-shirt, right? He was bringing in presents and cosplay outfits, and, and now... Now Drew comes out for their first tag match promo, and he's wearing a skirt. Vince has some strange tastes. We're moving on. Shelton Benjamin versus Kofi Kingston in a mid-card rematch from 2008. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. Guys, seriously, nobody cared about this in 2008, and I can't believe these guys have made it 12 years in their careers. They're still in great shape. They're on Monday Night Raw. They're still in the mid-card. You know, Kofi had a run as world champion that nobody took seriously, so I guess they didn't just tread water. But no one cared about this match in 08. Nobody cares about this match now. And I'm tired of seeing all these one-off matches that are supposed to lead to the Hurt Business becoming tag champs because I want the Hurt Business to just become tag champs. Come on now. Now, Kofi wins with a trouble in paradise, despite a bum knee. And then just like last week, Cedric Alexander says, oh no, you got to fight again, and, and he beats Kofi. So we have another match with Kofi. He fights twice. Now he has a bad leg, and that's the story of the second match. Cedric beats him because of his bad leg. The story is the Hurt Business get to win the Tag Team Championships. So let's hope that happens sooner rather than later. Next up, we have a handicap match for absolutely no reason. It's Drew and Sheamus versus AJ Styles, his bodyguard, The Miz and Morrison. Drew and Sheamus, of course, come out first because, again, no logic in the entrance order. You know, this was a fun match, but if I didn't host a podcast about pro wrestling, I would have simply fast-forwarded to the end, where AJ got the victory. You know, to tell the story, Sheamus ends up beating up McIntyre on accident. AJ hits a forearm and pins Sheamus. Post-match, Sheamus and Drew take their aggression out by bullying a jobber at catering. Yes, that actually happened. They're both babyfaces right now, and they bullied some jobber back at catering. Okay, then. TNA main event from 2016, Bobby Lashley, The Walking Armageddon. Versus the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy. You know this match really took me back in time to 2016. Next week we're going to have Ken Patera and Nick Bonawickel recreating a program from the AWA in 1989. For now, Lashley wins via the Hurtlock submission. Matt Riddle hanging around with Jeff Hardy both during and after this match, and it it was by hanging around I mean, intimately hanging on to making, like, pouty faces uh, throughout the match at at Lashley. I, it's beginning, I'm beginning to believe that bro means something different than I thought it did. I'm going to keep an eye on that, a very distant eye. And am going to move forward now to Randy Orton and the Ramblin' Rabbit cutting a promo backstage because, you know, the WWE, they, they don't know how to put on a great wrestling product anymore. But you can always count on the fact that there'll be some random rabbit hand puppet just walking around backstage, no one saying anything about it. Just random rabbit hand puppets lurking behind doors backstage that grown-ass men are supposed to interact with, both on and off camera, I'm sure. It's an exciting place to work. It's like Disneyland on acid, that WWE. It's an exciting place, an exciting place. In our main event of the evening, we've got Randy Orton taking on Bray Wyatt Rogers' Neighborhood, which, you know, like I said earlier, I enjoy watching Bray fight in a sweater. (laughs) Indeed. Randy wins by pinning Wyatt, the lights go out, we get the blackout scene, the lights come back on, and The Fiend is down there underneath Randy, which, you know, I really feel like this is just a a way to relate to the audience, because who hasn't had too much tequila at some point in their life, and had a blackout, and woke up on top of something that looked like The Fiend? I think it's happened to everybody at least once, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, so The Fiend then pulls his mandible claw gimmick, which I don't know if I'm the only one that's ever noticed this, but a whole lot of mandible claw lately, first of all. we got Sue Young and Britt Baker and The Fiend, and I tripped over a mandible claw at the grocery store the other day, but listen, when when The Fiend, he, when he forces his way into a man or woman's hole, their mouth, I mean, but their hole with his, with his hand part, and he sticks his tongue out of the mask, you know, and he pants and he leaves spittle all over the camera while he, like, grinds on the mat like a twerk girl on the internet, like a webcam girl, you know, she's grinding. And he's got his hand thing down in somebody's hole and it just seems kind of rapey to me. I don't know, That's maybe it's just me. It just it seems, uh. seems kind of rapey is all. So that's how WWE ended with an assault of one kind or another. I, thanks for tuning in, you know, it's... It's just WWE. we got an exciting week of pro wrestling, though, once we get past the rape. Uh, When you're all ready to get past that, TLC coming up this weekend. We've got AEW on Impact tomorrow night, followed by AEW Dark and AEW Dynamite, where we are going to have an interview with Sting and Tony Schiavone. It's going to be an exciting week of pro wrestling, despite Randy having to have therapy and give a statement to the police about this graphic assault by The Fiend. Uh, Come in, tune in tomorrow for our coverage of AEW on Impact. This has been the All Pro Wrestling 100 Podcast. Subscribe where you listen.